Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Ludo Lugnani, an LPC student and founder of the commercial awareness platform, The Business Update. In this episode, we discuss what commercial awareness is, why it's so important and how to get better at it, taking you through some case studies and trends that have been happening recently with some actionable tips that you can take away and put into practice yourself. Let's get into it. So hi, Ludo. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Harry. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, I know the last time you spoke was a good few years ago back at university, um, but it's been absolutely fascinating to see you follow through with everything you've been doing on the commercial awareness side with business update since then. Um, and what a time really to be talking about commercial awareness with all of the kind of new stories and everything that's happening in light of coronavirus and the markets that are changing. But before we get too much into uh, the detail, a nice little icebreaker question I'd like to ask is um, why you wanted to get involved with law and the profession in the first place and, and your sort of background today. Well, well, that's a very big question, isn't it? Well, we get asked <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, yeah. It's definitely something you have to put a lot of mind to. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, what really drove me to the profession was beyond the wholly legal aspect, which really interested me. But mm-hmm. it also links a lot to the whole commercial awareness sector. Mm-hmm. For me, playing a crucial role as an advisor to businesses and being there to help them thrive and solve challenges was really what interested me. So as a commercial lawyer, for example, getting into the business and working directly with directors and shareholders and stuff like that and solving real issues was what really attracted me to the profession and what keeps me now looking forward and just, no, you know, can't wait to get in basically. Yeah. And it's something very different than you, I think, as a lawyer, you every day is a bit different. And that too is something that I can't wait for really just to get yeah. started and go on the challenge. No, for sure. And I, I, I agree with you entirely when you say that things are very different every day, which I guess is why this, this much heard skill of commercial awareness is so important for exactly. aspiring lawyers to really get a grasp on. Um, and I guess ultimately what kind of inspires you to start uh, the business update. So what was your kind of thinking behind launching this, this platform to share these commercial stories and to try to, uh, I guess, reduce the amount of commercial unawareness that's out there um, among aspiring lawyers uh well you picked up on it just there when you said commercial unawareness and mm-hmm. i just <laughs> when I, I just remembered when i first before i started tbu and i was applying to my first training contract vac- you know vacation schemes applications mm-hmm. and i always had this box where it was like tell us about a new story you've been following why it interests you and i every time i read that i was like oh and then slanked a bit <laughs> and i what i did I just I'd just go on bbc news pick out a random story briefly read it and just try to understand and just you know give a, a reasonably or what i thought was a good answer at that time mm-hmm. but as i went through the application process and obviously those applications did not go well because mm-hmm. <laughs> i was not delivering good answers I understood that it goes beyond that you have to understand not only just a random story being commercially aware means uh, following trends, being on top of a lot of stories and understanding complicated jargon. And that's a challenge which I think a lot of students actually face. We are, we struggle, at least personally, I was struggling with academic studies and balancing these with applications and balancing these with staying on top of news articles and reading through them. And TBU is aimed at solving these issues. It's a platform that simplifies news stories and allows you to stay on top of news stories quickly and without stress. It clarifies jargon. 
it provides all students with an opportunity to become commercially aware and understand truly what it means in order to do and to be the best version of themselves they can be in application stages. And I think personally, it has helped me a lot. And it's been really great to see a lot of people message us and say that it has helped them too. And we, that's all we want to do really is just help people be commercially aware and be the, the best applicant they can be. No, that's fantastic. And, and you hinted about it there in your answer about what commercial awareness is really all about because I think students really grapple with just the concept of, of yes. what it is and how they really apply it in the process in kind of observing trends and you know going beyond just that one article that one news story so for yourself personally when you were I guess trying to develop and practice your commercial awareness what was it you think that you started to do differently which really started to develop your commercial awareness in a meaningful way for you know interviews and those applications yeah well for once not just going randomly on BBC News and picking <laughs> out one story um, but Yes, as I always push this concept of following the trends and understanding trends. And the reason I do this is because I think that's really key to understanding what commercial awareness is. And we, we throw this term around a lot and a lot of people have different opinions on what it actually means, what it can mean. For me, being commercially aware is understanding really how businesses work, how the economy works, and also in terms of news stories, seeing how they interrelate because you may read about one news story it may about be about i don't know an administration someone going to administration mm-hmm. but how does that link to possibly another business having the same ending and possibly overall linking this to a struggle in the industry for example the retail industry because there's always a trend which runs through multiple stories at times it's harder to see we may think that some stories are just on their own but if you really look close and you read through it, you'll always see this underlying trend. And when doing applications, that is what makes you stand out. You're showing your understanding of how these work together and how the economy works and you know relies on these trends to function. And it goes way beyond just talking about one single story as I did in my first applications. <laughs> and it's definitely what will let you shine and be a great applicant, really. Yeah, no, and uh, as someone who used to also go through that process of just kind of picking out one story and uh, almost just describing what the story was about uh, and analyzing yeah, yeah. it, um, I, I think we can both speak from experience and how that doesn't work. Um, so speaking to the the analyst you know, side of the story then, so a really common mistake obviously is that people just describe what the news story says yes. and then move on in their answer. How do you think, what do you think is the best way to critically analyze those trends? So people often tout, you know, swat and pestle. Was that your personal approach when it came to appreciating the commercial value of the story? Uh, those are great uh, ways to analyze. For me, I've always gone for a, a more personal, I'd like to say. It's mm-hmm. just, it depends on the story. It, it, I always like to put in and say to people that are asking for feedback to just go off what your personal interests are. So if for example, take I'm an applicant and I'm interested in uh, commercial law, possibly going into, I don't know, something related to restructuring insolvency. I'm tackling a story which has to be related to that. And for example, I pick out, we talk in, talked in one of our recent posts about Carluccio's restaurant chains, they're going into administration. Mm-hmm. And when analyzing this, as you said, it's very easy to just go into descriptive mode and just say, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. The key is analyzing, and we always push this, the key parties, mm-hmm. then going into a context kind of way. So 
that kind of sets the scene for us, and it's uh, both an analysis of the current story and the overall general atmosphere, let's say, of the economy. So if there's been other administration filings, we usually go on to refer to those. We then look at the single story. So if, if it's an administration filings, we like to consider why. So the reasons behind this. And lastly, a trend which for us is really essential. Uh, sorry, really essential. We always look for the trends which run through the story. So in this case, something about the retail sector and how restaurant chains are really affected because they struggle without customers. And then you go on to analyze both the economical implications of this on the single story and the broader implications of what this could have on the economy and how it's really impacted severely both the sector and the global economy as a whole. So it's a bit of a more different approach. You've suggested probably most more common ones. I personally just found this to work best for me, and it kind of varies depending on the story, really. But I always think it's important to have your personal view on it to really show you why you're interested in, say, if you're applying for a law firm, why you're interested in that sector. And a story can really help you show that even more profoundly. No, that's a really great approach to analyzing stories um, and certainly a, a bit of a different approach to the usual sort of swan pestle approach that you hear. So we've talked a bit this episode about, you know, what commercial awareness is and some of your thoughts about how to analyze it. Um, but when you get into the application process, um, I think it's how it's tested as well that can really kind of um, trip up some candidates. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking of things like these case study exercises or if you're asked to give a presentation on a particular topic or even just those kind of general commercial questions you get in an application. Um, what was your sort of experience when it came to, um, you know, utilizing your commercial awareness in the application process? What was the kind of most common ways that you tried to develop that and show that to a recruiter? Um, well, that's a good question because it's quite often that we get tested on our commercial knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the main thing is to show the recruiter or whoever is analyzing uh, your presentation or your application that you will have a far understanding of what's going on. I think they see so many applicants and mm. even if it doesn't look so to us, they can really tell when someone doesn't know what they're talking about. And I mm. think what we were referring to before, going into descriptive um, speech is really highlights this. And that's why it's so important to not only read one single story, but read 10 stories on a subject. You, the more you le- read, the more you learn. And that's what's really helped me. At the start, I started off as everyone, maybe even less. I used to not read newspapers because I, I, I didn't have time sometimes. Mm-hmm. I uh, And this really hindered my ability to do well in applications because I arrived there, I was asked about commercial news stories and I'd just pick out one at random that I could kind of barely remember sometimes. And that's really, you know, made me not do well in application processes. But then... Mm-hmm understanding that by reading by analyzing by following stories because there's stories that go on for years and months years Mm. and that's really and that shows a lot when you come to applications and proving your knowledge and really outshining in application stages such as these sure and one of the really common questions that firms will almost always ask is that 
variant of tell me about a recent news story yes. and why you think it impacts the firm in some way <laughs> i think i can't think of any application i ever no, did where that wasn't same, even covered same. in the interview <laughs> or in the application question so i'm sure people listening will always kind of the thought about this question and what it's yes. there for so um firstly what what was your sort of recommended way of choosing a news story to talk about in those circumstances um i've always kind of considered the fact you need to be considerate of the firm you're applying to mm-hmm. and their practice areas and their strengths but what's your general advice when it comes to choosing that news story that you're going to analyze and you're going to try to apply your commercial awareness skills to yeah well absolutely as you said uh, look at the firm look at their practice areas because that is essential when applying to mm-hmm. someone to prove why you actually want to work there uh, another point which i always tend to highlight is go for something you're interested in because it's easier to talk about it obviously if you can find something you're interested in that relates to the practice areas in the firm amazing mm-hmm. um but at times I've seen, even myself, I've thrown myself on stories which are hugely complicated just because they sound good. I don't mm. know, like European Central Bank's new monetary policy. And at the time, I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounded good. So I just went yeah. for it. And yeah, that did not go as well as I could have done on a story <laughs> that I can, I liked and I understood fully. You've learned that lesson. Yeah. Yes. Fine. So you, know, you learn as you go. Uh, so I've learned a lot. And um, so definitely pick a story you're interested in, because once you read something you're interested in, then you're more likely to read something else and keep learning about it. And then that's always a good starting point. Obviously, um, you know, I know that you have to read some stories that you're not that interested in. It's natural. But if you can pick out a concept or a story or a topic that you're kind of attracted to or interested to or related to something you'd like to work on when you enter the profession i think it'll be easier to then discuss confidently and through that you'll also show your passion for the law firm sector and your understanding of the business for sure and you hinted at it there speaking competently as well and that's another element of advice i try to give people is i think especially when you know blockchain and cryptocurrency and artificial intelligence even recently has been such at the forefront of these hype driven articles and, and you know headline grabbing attention um you know it's really important to pick something that you're actually competent to talk yeah. to right because you definitely. never know who, who's you're going to be speaking to yeah definitely because uh it's i think there's i always think of these as some kind of terms that are thrown around a lot mm. and sound good you know if, oh if i talk about blockchain that's well definitely sound good and the recruiter will yeah. definitely like that the problem is if I go there and I actually don't know what blockchain is or how it works, I just read the definition on some website, it's not bound to go well. You have to talk about something confidently and understanding a story and understanding a topic will lead you to discuss the story confidently because you'll know what you're talking about and you'll feel confident doing it. And that will lead you to do better in the application and the interview. sure so if i can put you on the spot and to ask you to consider a new story and hopefully take the readers through an example of you know a recent new story and how you yeah. would go about analyzing it and, and displaying its significance to a recruiter um obviously at the time of recording coronavirus is a huge one as well you know the u.s presidential elections but um you know think of a commercial story and, and try to take the readers through your thought process when it comes to how you go about analyzing it Yes. Uh, oh, you're playing me on the spot. <laughs> back, back yeah, I'll give you a few days. seconds to think if you need <laughs> um, to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, but okay. Um, well, 
one story, uh, okay, definitely coronavirus has been, as of late, one of the key trends and mm. topics in the news. One story that I found particularly interesting uh, regards the retail sector. And mm-hmm. lately, we've seen how the coronavirus pandemic has is basically expected to lead to the closure of thousands of restaurants, pubs, uh, shopping chains, mm-hmm. and a lot of other high street businesses because they'll be unable to operate. Basically, they all had to close. And we've also seen real life examples as refer- referred to before in Carluccio's, but also Chiquito. And also, as of late, a monsoon accessoride also said that it's considering, for example, closing or even selling. Now, when I start, this is kind of was kind of a context-based phase of the um, of the story. I then like to move on into the reasoning behind why this is happening. And for this story, I think we can rely on two key things. The first one is that on, I always like to rely on data. So mm-hmm. we've seen footfall. Uh, which was measured actually last week on Tuesday, which was the first day after the lockdown, was down 75.4% compared to the same day in 2019. Mm. This tells us a lot because footfall is obviously how people are traveling through the high street. It's essential for these shops and restaurants to actually profit and make money and survive. We've also seen Goldman Sachs, so the bank, who also predicted that for example, in Marks and Spencer's, their clothing and homeware sales will be down by 60% in the first three months of this year. And these two sets of data I picked out, uh, but there's a lot out there you can rely on. Firstly, place the um, the story into context and they show you understand. Firstly, why this is happening and you can back this up with real data, which proves it. So we've got a situation in which these restaurants, shops, and uh, overall, the retail sector is struggling, and we know they're struggling because less people are going out to buy their stuff. Mm-hmm. The important thing with story and what makes it interesting is that it's a trend, but it's something a trend which has already been occurring in the past year. It's something that we've already seen a negative trend in the retail sector, and the coronavirus pandemic will definitely have a severe negative impact on this and will continue this negative trend and possibly enhance it. Now, last year, as I was saying, this trend, we've seen 1,400 restaurant businesses and at least 500 pub businesses collapse into insolvency. And this was without the virus. This was just last year. Mm-hmm. In 2019, as I was saying, it was 10 times higher the number of collapsing into insolvency than 2018. And in that year, we've also seen high-profile names like Jamie Oliver's UK, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, I refer to the restaurant chains, and a good example in proving your knowledge is having your own personal consideration into the story. So you could say restaurant chains will be the hardest hit because as unlike most of our businesses, they can't shift their staff to home working or remote working, and mm-hmm. they can't sell through the internet. That cuts them out completely from customers and makes them, you know, in an even more complicated situation than other businesses who are still struggling, but at least can rely on online to continue mm. their sales. And you've got the real example there of Carluccio's, which you can talk about to prove this. Now, we've got the issue, we've got the negative trend. So what we can do now is consider solutions because as legal advisors, one of the main things we we're asked for is solutions. I may come to you uh, and ask 
you know, I've got a struggling business, what can I do? So I think it's always important if you're discussing a story to consider these solutions and they may not work. <laughs> We're not, I'm not asking you to provide solutions that are 100% bulletproof, but mm-hmm. if you provide a few, it shows your thought process and that you can think outside the box sometimes. So we know, for example, that the coronavirus has led to a lot of online activity. So online deliveries and an interesting point in terms of restaurants is that over 100 restaurants have also contacted this delivery service called Supper, which mm-hmm. specializes in upmarket restaurants and including Michelin starred restaurants, which I thought was quite interesting if you're into buying a 200 pound meal. <laughs> yeah, expensive taste. Yeah, you've got expensive <laughs> taste. Uh, but, and this is a useful alternative. We've said that restaurants can't rely on these home working, remote working solutions but they could expand into delivery for the time being to Mm. kind of balance for sales. And already in January, we've seen monthly spending on takeaway meals actually increasing to 11.4%, whilst actual eating out fell by 3.5%. So there's this upward trend towards takeaway delivery uh, spending. Mm. And another, another solution is we've seen the government provide a lot of packages so to support businesses and also grants also worth £25,000, which could be made available to retail. So this is something you could draw on for restaurants and businesses in this sector to rely on to survive. Mm. And lastly, another solution is something which is, I don't think as of yet official, but there is talks of the law around wrongful trading rules changing. So mm. wrongful trading is one makes it an offense for directors of companies to continue trading when they know the company will be insolvent, basically. So loosening this could allow them to, for example, pay off debts, continue to operate and avoid them closing down or going into insolvency. So these are free solutions which you could talk about, but there's a lot of other ones and you could draw on from your personal view as to what you think, if you were in that position, what could you do and how would you operate and what would you advise and why? So I hope that's, that's, fantastic. that's, that's yeah, a quite that's... a long explanation, but I hope it makes sense. <laughs> no, that's great. If I was an interviewer, I'd give you top marks. That was a brilliant <laughs> uh, beginning to end kind of discussion of a, of a topic. And um, I could just tell by listening to you the kind of thought process you were going to, like you said, about getting that context, getting those trends in place. And um, it was really reflecting what we were saying earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast. Um, and one last thing I wanted to ask you sure. as well um, was that often in the interview or application process, um, you know, topics can almost be forced upon candidates. And you could be asked to comment on, um, say, the increasing use of legal technology or something like the coronavirus or, or another topic that's kind of big in the news. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier in terms of the importance of having that jack of all trades approach to your kind of commercial thinking. Um, but if you're sprung with a topic that perhaps you don't feel you're massively confident on, um, what's your sort of advice for kind of going through that thinking process and trying to make a reasoned, rational answer, um, even if it's something that you don't have a, a massive area of expertise in? That's a good question. So I'm just picturing myself in that situation. Uh, <laughs> at first, obviously, the first reaction is just, oh, what, what am I going to do here? But it's always important <laughs> to um, think rationally. As I said before, all stories or most of them are linked. Uh, mm. And that's why I always put this importance on trends. Um, you may have read about a story, as you said, they may ask you about a topic or a story that you're not that confident on. You might have read a bit, hopefully, and that would put you in an easier position. If you haven't and you're completely uh, blanked out, you don't know what to say, 
try to pick out some stories. So, for example, let's say, what example could I say? So, legal tech. You may be asked about legal tech, but mm-hmm. you're not. You haven't read anything. You're not really, you know, comfortable with talking about it because you just don't know a lot about it. A good link at the moment could be if I've read a lot about coronavirus. An interesting link could be to talk about how coronavirus would actually shift uh, the legal profession towards technology. So you could start off by talking about that and, in your opinion, what it could mean for legal technology and technology in the legal profession, and then shift towards some stories you know that you can discuss confidently and you can link to this mm-hmm. concept. And that link in itself will prove your understanding. Obviously, tackle what they're asking you for, and but as I said, managing to to draw this link between trends and between stories will also show your further understanding and prove that you can also manage to think on your feet, which is always good for a lawyer. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, yes, and draw on, on stories you're more comfortable on and try to balance out in this interview stage, basically. That's fantastic. Um, and you've given some really great advice to those listening. And I'm sure those with uh, interviews or vacation schemes coming up will hopefully put those tips into practice. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, for those listening who are wanting to learn more about yourself and the business update, where can they go to access your resources and to read your content? We operate predominantly through LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So we just do yeah. daily posts and you're more than welcome to come up there. Just message us and follow us and we'll hopefully we'll be of help to you. No, fantastic. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Ludo. I really, really appreciate no it worries. for sharing all your tips. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Harry, and keep up the great work. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the More From Law podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to support the show, please share it with your network and leave a review on the iTunes store. It's really appreciated. If you want to stay up to date on the show, follow and subscribe to the More From Law podcast on your podcast platform of choice, or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the profile Harry Clark Law. See you in the next episode.